What's going on? Happy to be with you for another episode. This is the Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast. Excited for this one. I'm uh, I'm not starting out solo in studio today, and I've got somebody with me. I've got my guy Josiah Stewart, uh, my best friend, my longtime cousin, my compadre from Grants, New Mexico. We're both out here in Lubbock. Excited to have this conversation with him. I'll get to that in just a second. But Josiah, welcome, my friend. Keegs, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad glad you're here. So you are here so you and I can do something uh, that's necessary for the archives, for one. But uh, two, I think uh, could be helpful for some folks that, uh, you know, could uh, could learn something about our trip <laughs> without having to ask us. How about that? Efficiency. Wow. Spread the story around. Well, I told a couple of people today. They were like, hey, yeah, well, look. okay. First, we're talking about we went to Phoenix uh, to watch the Lakers and the Suns game five. That's what we're going to be talking about. But yeah, I ran into some people earlier and they're like, hey, so tell me, uh, tell me about your uh, trip. You know, how terrible, you know, everyone like loves that I went to watch LeBron and it went so horribly, Yeah, you know? And so I'm like, hey, I was like, hey, we're recording a pod. I was like, me and Josiah are recording a pod. We're going to get into every <laughs> story. We're going to go in depth. Listen to that. You'll know what the experience is like. Some people don't probably don't care, but hey, for those of you who do, this is your podcast. Yeah. This is your podcast right here, and that's that's where we're going to start with it, okay? So, uh, you and I have been fans of LeBron James for a long time. Uh, uh, first jersey I ever owned is a youth size small, scarlet color LeBron James, first stint in Cleveland, right? I can see it hanging up in your bedroom now. <laughs> you can. My mom got it for me. We were at the Albuquerque Mall, Coronado, right? That's the name of it, right? Absolutely. We were at that mall, and I really wanted a jersey. I was in, like, grade school. Saw some of my friends that had jerseys. I was like, yo, that's cool. Like, you can get jerseys? You know, first grader, man. Yeah. You know, really young. And so I would tell my parents, I want a jersey. I want a jersey. And so next time we were in Albuquerque, that was uh, that was something that my parents were kind enough to allow me. And I remember my mom, like, big shout to my mom. Who would have thought, right? Like, Lori Stewart was, like, laying the foundation for this journey with LeBron absolutely but I remember her saying hey this guy this guy's gonna be good like he's cool like he's like this young up-and-comer and that's how it happened Whoa. so so that's how I got my I didn't know that story yeah that's amazing it's true Lori, Lori has a lot more to do with your basketball background than people give her credit for absolutely yeah yeah, the Derek side, her maiden name, huge basketball family. That's where the basketball roots come from. New Mexico Hall of Fame. That's right. Jimmy Derek, big shout, Papa. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So that's where my LeBron roots were laid. And then growing up, I mean, we went to school together. You're a couple years older than me. But we watched this guy start in Cleveland, go to Miami, have those four years there, win his first championship. We, we've seen it all together. And what what point along the way would you were you like, hey, this LeBron guy, I like him a lot. I'm going to support him. Because you remember what it was like when we were in like middle school, early high school. There was like a, a period of time where our friends slash teammates slash circles were like, okay, here's what you got to do. You either pick Kobe, you pick LeBron, maybe you like pick the Spurs, maybe you're like early on the Durant stuff. But do you remember that when you were young? You could not like Kobe and LeBron. And it took me a while to realize how ridiculous that was. <laughs> But that was a point in time in our lives. Yeah. 
for me, I, I'm a product of my environment. So hanging out with you and your deep passion for LeBron, and I, I consider myself a good judge of character. And I just really like, like, I know a lot of people complain about LeBron. I don't want to get into all, all the criticisms, but I really have always liked him mm-hmm. and liked the way he played and liked what he did off the court. He's he's a solid character off the court as well. Been with his high school sweetheart all the way and uh, mar- married, has three kids. So, and on the court was just fascinating. The stuff going to the heat. Didn't we find out together that he was going to the heat? Yeah, we were at Camp Blue Haven and my dad sent us a letter. Via a letter. How about that? Pre-Twitter. Yeah. And we were like, we were like, they're going to win it. Your dad dropping a Woj bomb. On <laughs> that's, that's, it. It. that's it. <laughs> Snail mail style. <laughs> but we saw, I remember that day, we're like, they're going to win it all. Because he was like, Bosch is there too. I was like, oh, Wade, LeBron, and Bosch, they're going to win it all. And we're like, yeah. And uh, Dirk had something else to say that first year. But yeah, that's right. We were at Blue Haven. But that was, you know, growing up, becoming a little more interested in basketball and watching those teams watching lebron not always succeed but getting so close and log so many playoff miles he's just he's always going to be someone i'm interested in and you have some really good you have some really good lebron uh advocacy takes that you hit people with like you're good at it it's not it's not always easy i mean just earlier today those same people that were wondering how my experience was you know and if you listen to this i'm not disrespecting you at all like Hundreds of people have said this to me in the last year. Like, I don't like LeBron. He whines too much. Okay. You know, I get it. Yeah. If I could have my choice, would I uh, choose for him not to whine? Sure. But how about Luca? How about Chris Ball? Yeah. How about James Harden? How about Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry? And, you know, I, it's the, I told them, I was like, I don't like that that's the culture of the NBA necessarily. But anyway, that, we're, we're doing the defendant stuff already. <laughs> I can't help it. It's my, it's my default, man. <laughs> everywhere I go I get it but we've been following him and it's been a lot of fun I mean just for example like he was in the finals every year from my eighth grade year to my junior year in college how about that I mean it was just a it was just a given he was going to be playing in mid-June on the normal NBA schedule reliable reliable so finally year 18 rolls around this season his 18th season in the league and you and I are uh you know, we're we're not in college anymore. We're kind of on our on our own. We're on our own station. We have our we have our careers in front of us. We're we're not as dependent on on the father as we once were, right? So we're like talking like, hey man, let's do it this year. Let's let's go watch this guy in person. Let's do it. And you're like, yeah, let's let's get it done. And so we did the thing that I think made the most logical sense. We looked at the NBA regular season schedule and. I saw that the Lakers had had back-to-backs or two and three nights in the Dallas area to play the Mavericks, and April 24th was that date. I remember that, and we we had it very tentatively scheduled, like we're gonna we're gonna do that. And then he had the ankle injury, and that automatically told me, well, this is going to be a significant amount of time. He's not going to perform in Dallas. Anthony Davis didn't either, by the way. Lots of lots of injuries this year. But we decided that, and then you were the one who said what? Playoffs. Yeah. The intensity of the playoffs. I've been to a couple of regular season games, uh, Clippers games in particular, and the intensity of the playoffs is uh, going to be way better. So regular season, you never know who's going to play. Sometimes they're resting guys, but playoffs, you know they're going to play their best guys, and they're going to play it at the highest level possible uh, that they can play. 
to to you know advance the game so we were excited about going to the playoffs you're like let's go to a playoff game i'm like bet i was like here's what we can do uh it was really interesting though because when we said that the lakers were probably a top three seed wow yeah lebron and davis get hurt and you know they're just kind of like trying to stay above water for a long time they go like a little bit less than 500 during that whole stint ultimately dropped them back into the play-in game at the at the seventh seed and they think they figured that out and, and got past curry and golden state but get the seventh seed but like even that last two weeks were like they could have been the four seed they could have been the five seed they could have been the six seed they could have been the seventh seed and you and i we live in lubbock texas we're looking all around us okay but we're probably not going to go to la we're probably not going to make that trip we considered it but it would have also meant like, hey, B, you know, you got to have your vaccination card. You got to have this. You got to show proof of this and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Lots of lots of other hoops to jump through. OK. And so we were like, let's go to a, 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 a city that's closer to Texas. So we were considering, obviously, Dallas. We were considering Utah. We were considering Denver. And we were considering Phoenix. Those were four. Pretty sick that we had those four considerations that, that would have been doable. And so it breaks, and it's funny, as I mentioned, LeBron being uh, late in the playoffs, being in the finals has always been such a given that it didn't feel like, in a, like okay, you better go see him while you can. It felt like we were going to have multiple options. If it wasn't the first round, well, second round, uh, probably the third round at least. That's what, it, that's what it felt like, because I think that was our natural response to LeBron being in the playoffs. But they draw Phoenix first round. And they lose game one. And I text you and I'm like, dude, so uh, it might be Phoenix. Like, what would you think about that? Um, I think they're going to beat Phoenix. I was like, I think they're going to advance. But I'd still rather us go to the series uh, that they end up losing in and see him than plan on watching him in the second round and them not being in the second round. Right. Yeah, games one and two, I mean, we were thinking – Okay, and Denver was heard. We thought it'd be fun to go to Denver. All the teams that were a possibility would have been fun to watch, which is fun. The West has a lot of fun teams, a lot of fun storylines. Um, but just as interested in Phoenix, so getting to getting to go out there and watch the Suns play was was remarkable. And so we're like, so the it's Suns win game one, Lakers win game two, Lakers win game three. They're sitting there two to one. As soon as the Lakers had won one of those games, I'm like, hey, man, so we're guaranteed a, a game back in Phoenix. This thing is at least going five. We know, we know they're going back. What if we did that one? What if we did game five? I said, hey, look, it can, it's either going to be Lakers up 3-1 and we go watch the Lakers close it out or the Suns win one of the next one and it's 2-2 and we go to a pivotal game five. Game fives are awesome in the NBA. And – we pulled the trigger. We pulled the, the game was on a Tuesday. We pulled the trigger on the Wednesday before. And at the time, the Lakers had just won the last two. Things were looking good. And we did not realize how critical it was going to be that in game four, Anthony Davis uh, tweaked that groin, strained, uh, strained that groin a little bit. So Yeah, we, we booked him right after game two. Is that right? Game, game three. It was right after game three. Mm-hmm. After it was 2-1. We bought we bought the tickets when it was two one, and us buying the tickets um, actually created some kind of jinx where the Lakers weren't going to win another game in the entire <laughs> series. We bought the tickets and the Suns go on a on a three game.
they're the seven seed they were expecting them to go to the finals best out of them in the west and it is crazy how the storyline switched in three games and now here we are thinking about the lakers which i know we're going to get into in the future but Mm -hmm. the yeah the storyline switched a lot and we were we were excited thinking that everything was going to line up for lebron to have a huge game in game five ad's out and we'll get to getting into the arena and some of that but yeah and we're like if ad doesn't play and it's 2-2 and at that pivotal game five it's like the stars are aligning for us to watch an all-time lebron take over and do your thing kind of moment like we mentioned that 20 times before the game started. We heard Nick Wright talk about yeah, that. Yeah, all we, the pundits. Yeah, everybody was like, hey, this is this is what's going to happen. And we thought, sick. You know, we rolled the dice and we <laughs> we got lucky. We got a good one. We're going to see an all-timer. Uh, so that was kind of our expectation expectation going, going in a little should've, bit. Should have talked to LeBron. Yeah, heads up would have been nice. It was not his plan. No, it was different uh, different expectations from our <laughs> side and his side. <laughs> so, the game's in Phoenix Tuesday night. We leave Lubbock, Texas Monday morning, make the 11 and a half hour drive. It was a great time. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful uh, experience. The road trip didn't feel long. I think it had something to do with the anticipation and excitement for what we're going to be watching the, the following night. And so we got down there. We saw downtown Phoenix. Uh, got a nice little Airbnb, like within a mile of the arena. It was a uh, was great, great, great experience. Really cool. Phoenix is a great host city. Had had a great time. Did a lot of walking. What did we walk like five miles? Yeah, at least in, in a couple of days. Get your steps in, folks. Come on. Yeah, we got an Uber everywhere. <laughs> fill the walk. Fill the rings on the Apple Watch. You know. Yeah. Downtown Phoenix was was cool. Uh, lots of good restaurants and. Uh, had some some great food and just uh, went to the zoo. Oh yeah, also. we hit the zoo. You better believe we hit the zoo. People. <laughs> the zoo, it's it was hot. It was already 102 degrees when we were out there. Yeah, zoo was great. I w- I'm giving it like a six out of ten. Yeah, well, it's not zoo the score. It's not the Albuquerque Zoo. It's not the Albuquerque. Zoo. We we've seen some good zoos. Yeah, this one, you know, you want, <laughs> I'll tell like one of my buddies, you want to go to a zoo and not feel like feel sad for the animals that they're in the cage. <laughs> you want to be like, man, they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm having, and the, this zoo kind of, it, it didn't make me feel that way. No. And it has to do something with the heat. It has to Absolutely. do something with the heat. Yeah. What was the, what was the animal called with the horns that scared you? Oh, the prong, prong horn? <laughs> Guys, listen to this. We're walking to this exhibit. Those, that's all, is that what the name is? The pronghorn sheep? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the exact name. <laughs> but we are. The exhibit is like up a little incline, and we're making our way up the incline. As you're making your way, you can already see the exhibit. You see these white creatures with these real sharp horns that go behind their head. Okay, these things go behind their head. Go ahead and Google it. Pronghorn sheep. Yeah, you know, we're approaching me and Josiah, not, you know, we didn't talk about it. It's just how you do the zoo. It's like next exhibit, <laughs> boom, hey, the pronghorn sheep are up there. Let's go see what the business is with these guys. And Josiah's a little bit ahead of me going up the incline. And there's a there's a wall where you kind of have to turn a corner to make your way fully into the exhibit. <laughs> and Josiah makes that corner before I do. And my man just goes, oh, <laughs> you know, he gets he gets scared. You know, he gets a little fright. Gave a little a little hezzy, a little stutter step. <laughs> For sure. You had to test the footwork out. But he got scared because 
right when you turn that corner, there is like a a statue of an exact replica, lifelike, very very lifelike pronghorn sheep that is on the exterior of that exhibit. But my man Josiah, as anybody would, I think, <laughs> thought that one of these animals, these pronghorn sheep, got out, got out of the ex- yeah. exhibit because it looked exactly the same as the ones in the exhibit, but it was fake. <laughs> if I could, I mean, from my perspective, we're, we were in a part of the zoo that like nobody was at. So it was yeah. totally empty. Usually <laughs> you're walking up and there's other people viewing the exhibit and you're like, okay, you kind of see... They kind of the other people will show you where the other animals are to look at. Mm-hmm. So if there were people up there, you know, I wouldn't have thought that this statue was a, was an animal, a loose animal, because they weren't <laughs> freaking out. But there was no one up there, so we, I turned the corner, and there's one of these statues by every exhibit, right? And there's like the jaguar, and but this one, for whatever reason, the others were bronze. They were clearly <laughs> statues, right. but this one was painted like like a lifelike pronghorn sheep or whatever it is it looks like a ram with like straight horns yeah they googled it by now oh yeah absolutely. Go ahead, dude, google it again yeah and so i turned the I, I you see the pronghorns on the hill up here and i'm like oh those are cool walking up and then all of a sudden there's one to my right hitting my peripherals <laughs> and so i just like just for a sec quick second there thought it was an animal uh that was lo- there was a short fence between us and the oh yeah it wasn't like these aren't dangerous animals i'm guessing but they weren't contained very yeah very well so i thought it was logical uh but this is all happening in a split second and i uh, just want to thanks thanks to the phoenix zoo for <laughs> adding a little enjoyment like this would scare more people than just josiah right. and so we talked about they've they've got to have a camera set up see how many flinches a day they can get with that little setup that poor that poor setup unless it's intentional and the camera for sure got you yeah and so. they're, they're laughing about it back yeah. at hq <laughs> you know it was awesome though but yeah, we did the zoo. Um, and listen, man, doing the Phoenix Zoo in uh, on the first of June, that that's that's demanding physically on your body. Like, goodness. Oh, we did the whole zoo too. Yeah, we saw every exhibit. We yeah. didn't skimp. No. So yeah, very very physically demanding. Okay, but <laughs> you know what? We didn't care. We're like, we're gonna watch Braun tonight. That's right. You know. So we did that. Went back to the went back to the Airbnb. Rested up a bit. <laughs> Hydrate. Had you know, some get, in and out. Yeah. Oh, in and out. Don't, never forget about mentioning that. Yeah. Fueled us well. Yeah. Took a little break. Went mm-hmm. to the game excited. Yeah. Went to the game excited. Wearing, and, wearing Lakers gear. You were. I was wearing a Braun USA jersey. You were sporting. You were representing the King. I was. You were. All right. So let's walk a let's walk him through the whole night now. Obviously not the, you know the details of the game everyone knows knows how that went but the stories we've told for the archives for the people that care okay so we're leaving the airbnb we're suited up lakers lakers jersey for me usa jersey for you we literally get out on the doorstep on the doorstep there are people approaching the airbnb door to the right or to the left of ours lakers fans very friendly folks incredibly friendly folks (laughs) lakers hat they see my jersey they see your jersey like, hey, what's up? What's up? You guys, you guys here for the game? We're like, you better believe we're here for the game. And they're like, us too. We just uh, just drove in from Orange County. We're from LA. And they talked about how getting the tickets here was um, better um, financially for them than trying to watch it at Staples. Completely get it. Different markets, you know. And so they mentioned that. We, uh, you know, we encouraged each other. Hey, we're going to get it done tonight. It's going to be great. We'll see you guys later on. And they're like, heck yeah. Very friendly. Very friendly people. And so then we began the mile trek, and we encountered the man in all black. I mean, um, what, yeah, we 
that wasn't even a hundred yards out of the out of the door. We encountered those people, and then we encountered this guy wearing all black and didn't. I mean, he did not look like a basketball fan. No, uh-uh. I wouldn't have guessed that he knew about that. But he immediately eyed you, saw the jersey. When he's like, he's getting into an Uber, walks right at us and says, and I'm wearing all black for your funeral tonight. <laughs> yes, he did. And that was, and Keegan was excited. Mm-hmm. Keegan, Keegan immediately, you, you said something about, uh, what did you say? What was your uh, we'll, response? we'll see in three hours. Yeah. We'll see how you're feeling in three yeah. hours. So I'm like, yeah. But you were excited. You just, you wanted, you wanted to have some banter mm-hmm. and you went in there and, uh, yeah. it, it started immediately, which was fun, which would, uh, you know, indicative of what was to come. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so that was the first one. And I want to say that was the only negative um, attack we got pregame. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Is that the only one I was thinking about it? I think that was the only antagonization that we got yeah. pregame. That's true. So we went to this nice little restaurant, um, you know, got something to eat before the game. It was cool, you know, right across from the arena. And if you've ever been one of these things, like just the atmosphere around the arena on a game day, especially a big game day, that's so much fun. That's so much fun. Like Lakers fans, Suns fans going, I'd say the, I don't know, the ratio of Suns to Lakers fans as there are, you know, there's quite a few Lakers fans in the Valley. I'd probably say 80 to 20, maybe. Yeah, Is that fair? Mm-hmm. So that's that's more than some places for sure. And so every Lakers fan, like I'm 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 dapping up, like, let's go, <laughs> let's get it. And they were they loved that. And then people would do it to me, like, they don't know what's coming. And I'm like, no, they don't. It's gonna be awesome. And yeah, we're like at this restaurant where all the servers are decked out in Suns gear and they like they had to. Like the servers had to have Suns uh Sons of Paralon, and there's a DJ in there, and the they're trying to hype up the crowd. Like Game Five happening on the TVs was was Boston and Brooklyn Game Five. The Nets closed that one out that night. Mm-hmm. So that's right. We did that. We did that for a little bit, but man, we entered uh, we entered the arena the moment that we could. Yeah, I was gonna say going in, you would get some eyeballs. Wearing, you were wearing a bright yellow Lakers jersey, very yeah. easy to spot. Mm-hmm. There was no question about what team you were supporting. So going in, you like we would get some eyeballs, maybe some people looking at us at the restaurant, but nobody was saying anything really except for that first guy when we were walking up. But when there's other Lakers fans around, like no one's going to start something with one random Lakers fan. No. <laughs> and uh, and I think I think the Lakers fans were like feeling more confident than the Suns fans going into this game. They were like, mm. "This is you know like LeBron's going to do something." Yeah. This is we they won the finals last year. Like this going in, even starting the game. We were confident and excited, and they started hitting buckets, and we got loud. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, the, the arena was insane. Yeah. The arena was full capacity. Yeah. I mean, seemed like. Except for? Except for this little spot, which on every every game in every arena, there's this little spot where the, all the TV cameras catch every time they're, they're showing yeah. the court. What you see on TV, like yeah. above the benches. Yeah, they just kind of block out a little spot, put a Suns logo on it, and it's covered up, and then basically... The rest, so like 95% of the arena was filled, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. It was rocking. Yeah, and they were yelling, beat LA from, from the tip. Still stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. As we get in, no masks, right? We didn't need masks. Very, very loose in in Phoenix, so that, that's what that was like. And uh, so we get in, and we, we find our seats, and we do the whole photo thing. I mean, we were the we were top percentile, percentile of people in there early, right? Like... Mm-hmm. You look around, there wasn't much. It was starting to 
come like people are starting to file in, but we were in there like first. Right. <laughs> and so we get our we get our photos done and then top of our agenda was like, okay, let's see what Anthony Davis is up to. And I'm serious, not five minutes after we kind of got settled, he comes out. Yeah. And you know, I think Morris was on the court. Um maybe maybe KCP. Yeah, Schroeder maybe there was Schroeder might have been out there, but only about four Lakers. And AD comes out, and right away you could tell he's not right. The mm-hmm. way he was walking, he's stiff, but he's dressed out. I mean, he's in his workout gear. He had his Kobe's on, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we're like, okay, let's see. And uh, the trainer goes up to him. He's like, you 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 want to run through some stuff? Like did the did the run through some stuff mm-hmm. motion with his yeah. hands? And so he starts shooting. Yeah, he does. He does essentially a shooting workout. And you saw the trainers and doctors looking at him, like inspecting him during that whole process. Yeah, they, I mean. It, and I don't think we realized or fully appreciated, like, it was a cool experience that we got to see all of this pregame. Because, I don't I mean, a lot of times you go to a game and you want to see, you know, whoever the big star is pregame. And, like, but it was just cool that going up to it, everyone's like, it's a game time decision. And then we actually get to watch the Lakers make this game time decision. And watching AD, he had this crew of people with him, just kind of, I guess, I guess the, the physical therapy staff or whatever yeah. is out there with him just watching. And he's shooting around, basically just doing around the world on yeah. mid-range. He's just kind of shooting the classic mid-range shots and uh, not really hitting many. Like, he honestly didn't hit, shoot a super high percentage and just seemed, right. seemed kind of stiff and wasn't enthusiastic at all and just kind of kept looking at the guys and, like, just wasn't into it, you know? Uh, and, I mean, how long was he out there? Ten minutes? Yeah, probably ten. He sat on the bench for a while. Yep talk to somebody mm-hmm. yeah i was having lots of conversation by the way rob palinka and jason kidd were were on the bench as well and i was just watching palinka looked nervous man mm-hmm. palinka looked so anxious yeah and i can only imagine i get it but i mean he looked extremely nervous uh and then ad went back ad went back to the t- saw rob palinka on his phone right phone call or two yeah brief brief phone call or two he's gm right yeah right yeah and so, I don't know. There's there's a possibility that uh, he was calling Dave McMenamin or Woj. I think Dave got the got the first report in. Covers the Lakers for ESPN. Um, but there's also just a possibility Rob was calling his close circle and saying like, Nah, AD's not. Yeah, AD's not giving it a go. Yeah. So we saw that. That was interesting. And then the tweet comes out not minutes later from from Woj and Dave, and he's out for for game game five. And we're like, All right, this is what it is. Yeah. This is the. This is the new expectation, and so we were there with like an hour, an hour plus before tip-off. Both teams didn't come out together until 23 minutes on the clock, and that was pretty cool. The Suns, man, the Sun, the Suns like audio and video team was on point. They played that clip of Chris Paul, uh, his interview with Rachel Nichols after the game four win, where he was really fired up and emotional. It's like we're not going anywhere, you know, like we we know who we are. They played that on the video screen, and then the beat dropped, and then the team ran out. Great call. I mean, yeah, it was sick. If you're paying attention to the details, that was fire production. That was great stuff. And the Lakers come out, and LeBron's started for me. That was just, and it's sad to say, but that was one of the biggest treats in itself. Watching watching LeBron do his like warm up craft and everything because we were we were close to behind the area like the Lakers warmed up 
right anywhere close to behind the Lakers bench. And the, the way the benches are, it's not a straight line anymore. LeBron sits on like the corner, uh, as only he does. I don't right. know if you've seen other teams. Nobody else does that. LeBron sits on the quarter, like set his chair up for him. And, and so we were, we were pretty close, close to behind him. I, yeah, my favorite part and what we knew we were going to be excited about and enjoy is all the behind-the-scenes details, the stuff you don't get to watch when you're just watching a broadcast. You get to sit there and just stare at LeBron James in person. He's, you know, 50, 100 yards away from you, and he's he's doing LeBron James stuff, and he's looking broad. He's just yeah. – he's a broad human. Yeah, what else? Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you what struck you he, about the way he looks in person. His posture, he mm-hmm. walks around like a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I can see what why people don't like, but the man just he knows who he is. He does, <laughs> and he's he's just walking around confident. And he, I mean, how many times has he done this? He knew his routine, like he knew when he knew when to stop and go to the bench and whatever, drink his water and like whatever other pregame stuff he does, sitting down. He knew exactly when this to, to walk over and do the salute, the uh, you know. National mm-hmm. anthem. How about go check the ball? The refs like, hey, which ball do you want to use? Yeah, and that, that was pretty. That was pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he just kind of gave it a touch and threw it back to him. I've seen guys care about that more and act like, you know, they really need to feel it out. But LeBron was like, you know what? I don't know what he was thinking. No one knows. He's like, this one will work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just gave it to him. But uh, watching him meditate, the the entire crowd's like yelling, right? And yeah. So that's crazy. with one minute. That's mm-hmm. with one minute left on the clock before the national anthem. LeBron's the only one that leaves the layup line for the most part. Maybe a couple other guys are doing some some slight medical work on the side. But LeBron leaves, goes to his seat on the corner, in on the bench, and yeah. Sits with that incredible posture. He like closed his eyes, right? Yep. And just that last minute, it, you, yeah, continue. He, I mean, just looking off into the distance, like you could just tell the world was not around like he he had shut off the world around him and he was just kind of getting in in the zone yeah uh which all indicators to us from this point were like this man is about to go off we were we had a lakers fan next to us mm-hmm. yeah i want to get Brian. i, I want to get to all okay. that yeah i want to get to all that but we I, I leaned over to him and i was like he's about to have a huge game like he is locked <laughs> in brian he's locked in locked in brian and uh it turns out he was not locked in but we'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah so he does like that meditation and then like clockwork Five seconds left before the horn goes off, yeah. he gets up and struts yep. to his spot in the national anthem line. Goes stand, you know, and it turns out he was standing right by JJ Watt mm-hmm. in that in that yeah, line, yeah. making JJ Watt look short. By the way, <laughs> uh, I'm serious. Like he was standing right there, and he stands with like his hands on his hips and his legs like really like far apart. Like yeah. he's got to get straddling the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just where he stands for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, yeah, he didn't just line up next to people. Like he stood there during the national anthem, the, the heckler. Oh yeah. In the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what word would be a good substitution <laughs> for that bad word that has the same like vowel sound. <laughs> I don't know. Fish. Maybe. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it's going to come up later. Yeah. Fish. Is yeah. that weird enough? Is that okay? <laughs> So like middle of national anthem, I mean it, it's got its it's got its pace and its speed, but someone just in the middle of the national anthem. And by the way, this is again a substitution for the B word. It's going to come up later in this podcast. Fish. This is a family friendly uh, podcast, Josiah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But yeah, just in the middle. LeBron's a fit. LeBron, <laughs> a you're fish. a fish. And LeBron oh. and LeBron heard him. Yeah. LeBron heard him and. This led, everybody did, yeah. The, <laughs> yes, everybody sure did. But this led to like another point of evidence where we were kind of excited because LeBron, I, he didn't like 
acknowledge it to that fan but he let like five seconds go by and then he like started nodding mm-hmm. he like started yeah. nodding his head and yeah that was another point like oh man do not poke the bear mm-hmm. you know yeah i bet that happens more than we imagine has to be <laughs> i mean he's getting targeted no matter if it's a regular season game or not he's getting targeted i think uh i mean even the the, the fan like his teammates didn't seem like that was an, a new occurrence but the the energy was all focused towards LeBron. All the you know the the Suns fans they didn't want the Lakers to win, but they really didn't want LeBron to win. They were totally keyed in on LeBron, yeah. and anytime he had the ball, they were booing. I mean, oh yeah, basically every point. So lots of anti-LeBron started, energy in there. Started right there. Lots of anti-LeBron energy. So bookmark that right before tip off. Uh, let's kind of explain to the the listeners what the <laughs> the environment around us was like. So we're behind the basket, kind of close to the Lakers uh, bench, kind of in the middle, but closer to the bench, I think. And so, you know, lots of Suns fans in there. And really, none of them were none of them were aggressive at us pregame or anything like that. Uh, you were getting some food and a Suns fan comes and sits right to my left. Real respectful guy. Uh, it's like, what's up, man? I was like, he's like, how's it going? And, and, uh, and he was like, ah, oh, you're a Lakers fan? I was like, yeah, sure am. Big, big LeBron fan. And he was like, oh, that's great. Hey, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've only moved here like eight weeks ago. I'm not even that big of a Suns fan. So, you know, if LeBron went off, it won't hurt my feelings. And I was like, cool. You know, I was thinking, well, could be someone worse sitting next to me. Absolutely. You know, so that guy was real chill. Uh, you know, he kind of started doing like the, the coffee shop questionnaire at me. Had to had to nip that in the butt real quick. <laughs> I had other priorities. You know, I was nice to him. Yeah. But uh, I think I just... When you got back, I shifted my body language more toward you and like, hey, I'm here. I'm here for other other business tonight. Shut you know? him down. <laughs> not to be not to be rude, but yeah, yeah I did. I did. <laughs> um, but 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 then Brian, Brian showed up. It'd be awesome if he listened to this somehow. Yeah, I could send it to, to him. Yeah, <laughs> the guy was awesome. He pulled. He rolls up when you were still gone. And he was like, oh, another LeBron fan right next to me. Let's go. Let's go. And he took your seat. He just plopped down. Boom. <laughs> He's in your seat. And I'm like, hey, man. I was like, so my, my guy's sitting right here. He just went to get food. He'll be back. But, you know, he's a LeBron fan, too, you know, so I had to, like, I had to, like, code it like that. So he would be, he's, oh, my bad. And he scoots over. And um, he was a great time. What was your first impression with Brian? You texted me when I was in line. I was getting a uh, chicken sandwich to, to down before the game. And uh, you texted me, hey, there's a Lakers fan sitting next to you. He's a cool guy. So I walk up. You know, kind of doing the thing where you shuffle next to people. It's the worst. <laughs> to get to your seat. And I see him look over me, and he, like, sees my jersey, which is, like, a 2012 USA LeBron Olympic jersey. And he, like, starts nodding. He's like, <laughs> he's like nice jersey. <laughs> and, you know, we we shake hands, exchange pleasantries. Yeah. His name's Brian. I didn't, I didn't catch his girlfriend's name. She didn't talk the entire time. She was a Suns fan. Yeah. Brian moved here from, from L.A. From uh, the Bay. Oh, from the from Bay. Warrior, That's right. That's Warriors right. country. That's right. From yeah. the Bay. And uh, just just moved to Phoenix and was a Lakers fan wearing a retro number eight Kobe jersey. Yeah, shout out Kobe. That's right. And so as you said, you were having some conversation with him pregame, like Bron's locked in, and Brian, oh yeah, Bron about to, Bron's about to do it to him. Bron's about to do it to him, you know. And 
here's what you got to understand. When we say Brian was like talking or saying something from this point forward, you got to understand it's not just, to, yes, it is to us, but he's also saying it at a volume where our whole section essentially, or at least like eight rows down and eight rows up are also aware of what Brian was saying. Shout out to Brian for just being an entertainer in himself. And really just, I mean, from the moment I met him, energy was great. And uh, yeah, he, <laughs> no matter what point in the game, you know, no matter what mood you and I were in, we he, Brian was just yelling to the crowd his opinion on everything. <laughs> yeah. And it was hilarious. There's some guys who do that and that's annoying and Brian did it and uh, was entertaining the entire game. <laughs> and not and he wasn't like causing fights with any anybody around. He was no he yeah. was pretty diplomatic. <laughs> he was. He was. He kinda played to both sides, which he did. I think we'll get to that later. Yeah. But so yeah, we had a character to the right of us that increased the experience for sure. Increased the experience for sure. So the game starts. I actually went back and watched this sequence last night. I pulled up the oh, game nice. yeah, on YouTube TV. And so again, it's also weird watching the game on TV when you were there in person. Everything just looks a little different. But the game starts, and it begins with a uh, Marquis Morris 3 and 3-0. And we're lit. Oh, we got so loud. Suns <laughs> <laughs> go down, miss. Um, LeBron gets the rebound. They bring it back up. LeBron gets a cut. Uh, he cuts, gets a nice pass, lays it in, and 5-0. 5-0. And yeah. we are standing for the points. Like, we are standing up and standing for a while afterward. And I think, yeah. I think, it, was, I think yes. it was after LeBron's layup that the Suns fans behind me were like, sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just, yeah. We were loving it. Oh, yeah. Like, at an obnoxious level for sure. But, I mean, they were doing no different later on in the game. Um, so then the Suns hit a 3 and then LeBron comes down and hits a three. And we didn't know that was going to be like the biggest moment of euphoria for us when the <laughs> Lakers were up eight to three. LeBron has five. LeBron has an assist. He's got he's got five uh, one and one in like the first four minutes. We're up yep. eight to three. We, me and you were, me, you and Brian were celebrating every bucket, uh, standing up, having a great time. It's like, okay. You look at that chunk. I watched it again last night. It was like, okay, if you on TV, it looked like Bond was locked in and, mm -hmm. and was ready to go and see and, and you know we're going to see. It looks like we signed up for what we expected. Right. Yeah. That's the, what it looked like in the first first three four minutes there. The pent up energy beforehand was just let out all at that moment. We were so excited because like this is happening. What we think is going to happen is <laughs> happening, and uh, and that is yeah, like you said, that was the peak moment for us. Peak excitement. Uh, I just like it happened so fast too. I don't know how quickly, but those games go by so fast when you're in person. They do. Um, so that that happened, and then it was ten zero. So what was the next bucket? No, so or ten ten three. It was. I think. I think eight three was the biggest lead the Lakers had. Okay. First time out, it was eleven to ten. Um, Suns eleven ten Suns feeling good, right? Like okay, we got a game here. Fantastic. Here we go. Second time out, I think it was 21-10. So the Suns were up by 11. Disappointing for sure. But even at that point, I was thinking, well, you know, at halftime against Golden State in the play-in, they were down by 13, two minutes go by in the second half, and it's a one-point game. You know, so I wasn't, you know, we, we watch way too many basketball to get counted out early. Right. Uh, next time out, it was 20. And I think it was second quarter by then. Uh, so 20, 20 sucks. 
20s, like, oh, man. You're right on the edge. You're on the edge. But even me, I was like, well, a lot of time left. I've seen this many times. I've seen it with four minutes left. I've seen a team overcome a 20-point deficit, you know. But not ideal. Not what you want for your team. (laughs) So we're watching that. Um, And then it got to 30. And when the Suns the Suns were up by thirty, that the thirty is kind of always a checkpoint for me of of what we call GGs, good game, game yeah. over. And and man, it hurt seeing that in the second quarter. I mean, I think back to like 2013, 2014. I think in the regular season, the Heat and the Spurs exchanged regular season games where mm. the other got up by thirty in the first half. Like, they both did that to each other in different games. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, well, the 30-point 30, 30 marks, that's it. You can't overcome that. You know, tough tough to do. You know, and so that's when, I mean, <laughs> and I want you to walk us through your perspective on Booker in the in the first half. But I was, uh, was kind of radio silent in the second quarter, wasn't I? Yeah, second quarter was, was where the run really happened. And we were standing for every point getting so excited. And then I just remember, like, becoming immobile <laughs> like yeah we just we just got to a point where we were not standing up anymore right and the the crowd around us was standing a lot and they were so much very excited and because when the people to a point where both of us were not standing to like <laughs> see what was happening we, we were just kind of like nonchalantly like trying to look over shoulders and like see through heads to kind of see what's happening but we just knew it wasn't good and so many bricks, like so many missed oh shots. Oh my gosh! And LeBron is is not, you know, taking over. He's not, uh, you know, being the enforcer that he usually is. He's he's passing, and he's driving, but not really like getting two feet in the paint. You know, not really making a, a difference. So he's passing, and his guys are not hitting the shots. He's passing good shot, like they're open. Yeah. His his <clears throat> signature pass to the corner, and those guys are open, and they're not hitting, and that's where. They just never hit them. No, no, no never. <laughs> they never got to the Literally board. never. And that's why, you know, when they're down by 20, it's like, okay, if they just hit some shots and play some def, you know, get some stops. Booker, like you said, was going off. And, I mean, do you want my perspective right now? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just, he was like, he's like a ballerina. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's very smooth, just a slender guy, and, and he was getting whatever he wanted on the court. And just, he gets to these spots and just kind of floats in the air and hits his shot. And every shot was going in it felt like every shot was going in and i mean statistically it seemed like almost all the shots were going in and and then the other characters too chris paul didn't have a huge game but um uh, felt like crowder didn't miss Crow- it felt like uh crowder was hitting threes yeah cam johnson was hitting the open ones uh campaign went off campaign. guy's really frustrating yeah. to play the team you're cheering for he's good man he's a competitor yeah not just good at handshakes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's dancing he's, around. He's also good at basketball. Yeah, I mean, the Suns were clicking, and the the Lakers were not. And in retrospect, that was the that was the issue. The Suns had an identity. The Suns were like, this is who we've been. We've been playing together. We've found this. Chris Paul, Booker, our leaders, and we're in fine form. And the Lakers were like, we haven't had all our guys together for a while. We're really just piecing it together, and we're hoping LeBron – does some superstar stuff to like push us over the edge uh, and we're hoping ad gets back as soon as possible because they did not have time to like form their identity mm, you know that's well said booker was so effortless like it was I, if that game was half competitive i think we watched booker get 50 that night yeah he didn't play in the fourth i don't think he hit the rim 
I really don't. Like, it was so easy for him. He reminds me, though, I've said this a couple times to people in the last four days or so, he reminds me the most of Kobe since Kobe offensively, for sure. And again, and it's cool. That's, yeah, that's his guy. I'm not just saying that because that's his guy and he has the uh, be legendary tattoo and he thinks of Kobe or whatever. But no, he his offensive game where it, it extends outside to him, inside to elevating to, hey, okay, I'm not going to elevate mid-range. I'll go a step further and kiss it off the glass. All that reminds me of Kobe a little bit. Yeah, especially young Kobe. He's got that same yeah. kind of high release and not as much, you know, post game, like backup stuff as, as older Kobe did. Um, but young Kobe, where he can just, he finds a spot. He's been practicing the shot from this specific spot for his entire life and he has hit his 10,000 hours and we are seeing it. Yeah. Like he has perfected it. Mm-hmm. Um, so young Kobe, he even had that at the, at the last game that they played, he had that two handed dunk. Yeah which was young Kobe-esque. For sure. The way he drove in and dunked that. Filthy. So, yeah, young Kobe especially, he, he the way he had shots is magical. So what what we think happened, and we talked about this quite a bit on the way back, is, it, you know, Le- one, LeBron's not healthy. And I think we'll get into that some at the, at the last 10 minutes of this podcast. LeBron was not healthy. Um, but his approach to the game was like, as we saw him score the five of the first eight and assist on the other one, of the first eight, he he, he wasn't going to roll over. Like, he was like, let's see what we got. Um, I'm going to give it a go. I, I you know, I'm going to try and get these guys involved. I'm going to try and create looks, and I'm going to try to keep our guys in this game. Well, what happened was after the first five minutes, his guys missed every open look. The Lakers' defense was 30% of what it should have been, and the Suns just didn't miss shots. And then you look at the scoreboard, you're down 20 and you're kind of thinking, well, AD's not here. And LeBron's thinking, man, I'm probably 75%, 80% of what I wish I could be right now because my, my wheels aren't right. That ankle's clearly not 100%. And so he started, well, well, this is just 3-2. We have another, we have another effort here. We're going to play again on Thursday for game six. And so I think, I think that's, that's what we witnessed take place, which is super unfortunate for, for us and other people that went to watch him for the first time. But that's what you got to understand about live sports, man. That's the beauty of the experience right. too. It's uh, you're rolling the dice. You're you're paying for the experience, and and that's why that's why I love sports uh, uh, even more than like cinema or TV or, or or entertainment because a lot of that is scripted, and you get to set how the story goes. Sports is so much fun because uh, you get to see the story unfold, and it could unfold seventeen different ways, and and you only know when it takes place. Yep. You know you on, you're, you only know after it's over, and and that's that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, so halftime, literally down 30. And, like, people like Josh, Josh Stevens, big shout, was texting me, like, being really encouraging, like, straight up. He was like, man, like, and it, if you didn't know me and Josh's relationship, you might have thought it was, like, him him being a, a downer. He's like, hey, you you saw history. You saw LeBron's biggest play playoff halftime deficit. But, like, he was being real. He's like, that's cool, you know. And he's like, you're watching Booker go off. And, yeah. Like that that was cool for yeah, sure. Shout out to Josh. Coming yeah. to you in your time of need. Yeah, absolutely. He was. And I remember coming back to my the seat at halftime, you and Brian, and I told Brian, I was like, Hey man, you didn't tell me and I don't think I had talked for a while. I don't think I talked during the second. You and Brian continued no, discourse. If I could just my perspective before half I mean that second quarter, you went into like kind of autopilot, like where you were just kind of looking watching the game but not really standing up. And I didn't I did I just kinda gave you a space. But <laughs> But it was, you know, I mean, 
you wanted to see LeBron play live first time to get to see him play in person and it didn't go. And, and I mean, you're big, you're a big Lakers fan. You want to see, see the Lakers advance. So it, it just, all of it was going badly, but you, you handled it well, <laughs> you rallied, you came back and you just said, you know what, I'm going to have fun. And, uh, and, and still enjoy the experience in the, you know, we, we did enjoy, enjoy the experience, but the, 30 points was rough at halftime. <laughs> it was like that moment, like the 15 to 20 minutes of not talking was like soaking in the fact that this 11 and a half hour road trip, uh, like this was the fruition of it, you know? And that was okay. And it's again, five days later, whatever, it's still okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's just what it was. I just did that a minute ago. Like that's the beauty of sports. You don't know what you're going to get, but it took a while to process that. Like, okay. Yeah. But it took about a quarter to process yeah. that. But I came back and I told Brian, I was like, hey, man, you didn't tell me we signed up to watch the Suns make all of their shots and the Lakers miss all of theirs. <laughs> He's like, bro, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> you, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> He's like, I'm sick. Yeah. He's like, I'm sick right now. Um, but yeah, and then we we just kind of uh, enjoyed it for what it was in the, in the second half. We enjoyed that. Diana Taurasi, J.J. Watt, and Kyler Murray were not too far from us. Sideline. Yeah. Also, also disappointed at the result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're Suns fans. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So we saw we saw them, and uh, and then we kind of just we kind of just let Brian drive the ship home as far as the as the entertainment value went because <laughs> we mentioned it, and I, you do a good job of articulating this. He, yes, he was for the Lakers, but he was like also diplomatic and at one point kind of turned on turned on LeBron a little bit. And I don't know if that was to win the favor of the Suns fans around him, but you just got to understand, folks, Brian like yelling anything was super funny and entertaining to listen to. He, yeah, he had great takes. <laughs> and uh, I mean, some of the stuff is, wasn't PG, so. I won't repeat it, but he was, for one, he, he hated Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. The, the second half, he just roasted Kyle Kuzma, which apparently is a thing. Nobody likes Kyle Kuzma, which I've seen seen on Twitter recently. Yeah, Because <laughs> everyone's hating on Kyle Kuzma, but yelled at Kyle Kuzma a lot. And uh, and what did he, he said, LeBron, Jordan wouldn't do this. <laughs> Michael would never. Yeah. Michael would never, Bron. Yeah. So just yelling directly at the players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he he just kept kept the party going. He, we had a Suns fan in front of us that Brian kind of befriended. That was that was a very nice Suns fan. Never said anything rude to us, right? But uh, was having a great time mm-hmm. as he should as yeah. he should have, <laughs> just dancing. And and him and him and Brian had a funny relationship. But. They did, they did. So there were a couple of Suns fans in our area. One two rows in front of me, and then one one row behind us to the left that at a certain point did annoy me like pushed my buttons and i don't know exactly why it was but they they bothered me and i remember why the the guy behind us did i don't exactly remember what it was i think i think it was the same thing like these guys standing up and yelling like expletives like irrationally at a moment that didn't make sense or like you know what i mean like the chris paul thing when chris paul got hurt there that that was another like key moment that I'll remember. So we see him like Chris Paul goes down. I watched that on TV last night too. Um, it wasn't a flop. Really? No. He got legitimately. I mean, he, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it was. I cannot remember who exactly crashed into him, but it was like the the impact made Chris Paul immediately like grab his shoulder. I think it was Mark Markeith boxed him out. Yeah, I think it was Markeith. 
and then he just hit the deck and we're watching him like he's grabbing his shoulder and he looks like he's in the most pain ever and then he gets up and this part was accurate for sure he like wanted to have words or walk towards someone for an altercation but then he's like nah never mind i'm gonna go to the bench and then fall on my knees and that moment was about as intense or loud as it got too that moment scared everybody he did charge so like and that's what it looked like live is that he was going to charge towards some lakers being mad and then from the the i guess the pain was so overwhelming he's like actually i'm not going to charge them yeah I'm just gonna, never mind i'm going to go over here and just take a knee yeah. he, he was in a lot of pain the lakers fans were mad and your boy uh stood up and 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 made you what, what was he saying yeah the next expletive expletives like that like at like like at lebron yeah and at the refs when i didn't think they weren't involved with that at all and he was kind of going solo that's why it was annoying yeah. like no one else in the stadium was doing mm-hmm. like doing as much as he was yeah same for the other guy that annoyed you like yeah they just kind of did a little too much crossed the line <laughs> too many times stood up for like just you know they stood up longer than everybody else mm-hmm. just kind of were making making a scene of themselves and that bothered you that's why i mean i only exchanged words once but i told him i was like like essentially like you're crazy watch it again he flopped into him but he didn't say anything back. But the Lakers fans around him enjoyed that. They like gave me some <laughs> affirming <laughs> head nods, gave a, a thumbs up, right? Yeah. yeah. So, they were smiling at you. So that was good. But, uh, okay, and then I think the, uh, the final thing I'll mention like about the game during that was, book. I mean, Chris Paul went back to the locker room. Third quarter concludes. It's like at a TV timeout. Devin Booker leaves the bench and is going to go back to the locker room. Like he's jogging to back to the tunnel, and we remember seeing it. And uh, it's like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. Chris Paul happens to be coming out at the exact same time, and they meet like at the entrance to the tunnel. And then Booker stops, and they like embrace, like. And it was like Booker's like, you good? It's like, yeah. And then they went back to the bench together. So that told me Booker was going to check on him, which was pretty cool. Pretty cool moment to see. Yeah, definitely showed their bond. And uh, like I said, this this Suns team has an identity and they have team chemistry. And a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul. I think he's the, the head of the snake or the leader of this of this group, even though he might not be the best player. He's definitely leading the charge. So Booker was absolutely walking back there to go see him. And it was interesting. Just Chris Paul came out. Booker was like, oh, okay, okay, let's go. Yeah, let's go. So I've thought about this and I don't even think I unloaded this with you on the on the ride back. But I think for some folks that like have a good basketball index as far as history, I think some folks might remember this game and it's super unfortunate. I actually hate it, but they're going to remember this as the one LeBron left the bench early. What do you remember about that? It wasn't a huge deal in the stadium. It really wasn't. Uh, which I guess it was a huge deal on the broadcast, but he, yeah, we watched him walk out and cause yeah. we, we, you know, it was clear he wasn't going back in. They had their scrubs in. Five um, five and some change left. Yeah, so he was just sitting where he sits, kind of chilling, and uh, just got up and walked out. It just seemed, it didn't seem like he was walking out because he was mad. It was just like he, I don't know, like he, yeah. was, he was getting some medical attention or something, but I guess he just was done watching the game. That's what's tough. Like, for me, I'm, I'm usually, even if I don't want to, like, I can find a justification for that. I didn't love that. Yeah. And I don't think most people will love that, like from a leadership perspective. I remember looking like, hey, I wonder if AD is still out there. And he wasn't. And then LeBron was walking, <laughs> you know, like, oh, LeBron's done. Um, but yeah, like I could justify him. Like, yeah, he had to go ice the ankle. You kidding me? He had another game. But still, I mean, I, I don't love that that, that happened. But um, who are we? Who are we to doubt that guy? 
who went to the, the finals nine out of ten times the last decade and knows how to navigate the playoffs. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I keep saying. Is yeah. he, LeBron has played the most playoff games in anyone living or dead. So he knows what he's doing as the best resume. Uh, and to him, to benefit of the doubt, he's played so many of these, and he's like, they don't have this much, they don't matter as much. Him leaving early doesn't matter as much if you play so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I don't, you don't love it. And it was kind of, looking back, it's like he was kind of giving up at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. he was kind of thinking, okay, if this if we do this again, AD doesn't play, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to continue. It's right. not working. So I think he was kind of hit, that realization was hitting him. On to the next. Focus on uh, game six in LA. Yeah, you know, it had to, had to have been what, what he was thinking about. We saw, we saw a couple of interesting things, like during timeouts, we saw a little bit of at first, it was very quiet. The coaches do their own huddle. If you've ever been to an NBA game, you know this. Timeouts are about two minutes. And about 30 seconds to a minute of that timeout, the coaches actually huddle and have their own conversation while the players are left alone. During one of those times, while the players were left alone, Anthony Davis came over and first said something. Like, Anthony Davis was speaking with some passion now. I don't know if he was trying to rally the troops encourage them but he's speaking to kuzma a little i mean to caruso a little bit and they had some words seemed like fine positive words but then ad turned to lebron and actually outstretched his arms kind of you know like one would when they're speaking with passion or uh, really trying to encourage and lebron didn't have it like Mm -hmm. lebron kind of shut it down and like pointed down like real real fast with like one finger like just in again disagreement it almost appeared and Anthony Davis immediately was like, okay. And like turned around yeah. and Ben McLemore heard the exchange too. And he, it even made him turn around. So, I mean, that just kind of speaks to the, the dysfunction and the lack of camaraderie and culture that this, this Lakers playoff team had kind of, you know, speaks to why they're not playing anymore. Lots of, they had lots of hurdles to overcome because of the way their season broke. And, and we saw some of that on, on the sidelines and in moments that weren't on TV. So that, that was certainly interesting. All right, to put a bow on it, we just have to tell the narrative of, uh, of exiting, exiting the stadium. You think I got it all in the game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that was, that was super in-depth. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got you to talk about leaving the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, LeBron, his, he, he kind of gave up on his team, and it was interesting in that exchange, the, uh, he just kind of looked off. Like, he wasn't engaged in the conversation. AD was talking to the teammates, mm-hmm. and, he, and LeBron was just kind of, like, looking off. And then AD turned to him, and LeBron kind of looked at AD and then just kind of set his piece and then, like, looked away again. Like, he wasn't wasn't engaged. He was clearly not on the same page as the rest of his teammates and wasn't wasn't interested in, you know, that whatever discourse that was. He still had good posture, though. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so, that was a really good observation. LeBron has amazing posture. Yeah. Makes me want to have better posture. Absolutely. That's unreal. <laughs> Stands up straight. Unreal. So yeah, something, okay, here's the thing. One thing I mentioned was that there was no hostility from the Phoenix Suns fans to us entering the stadium with the exception of the gentleman in all black preparing for the funeral, which he was correct. Hats off to you, my friend. Leaving the stadium, leaving the arena, after the Suns won by 30, and folks had some time to uh, get some liquids in them, is a fair way to put it, I think was a little bit different of a story. A little bit different of a story. Uh, quite a bit quite a bit more hostile on the exit. What was the fir- when was the first moment you noticed like we were kind of going to be on this like parade of taking taking verbal fire, entering into verbal combat? 
I mean, you could feel it from, from right when we were le- <laughs> like the confidence of the Suns fans was going up every quarter. And then just to see it end, they saw LeBron leave early too. That could only have fueled their fire even more. So watching their confidence go up and then I just knew we were going to, we were gonna be walking out into just a, a firing, firing zone. Like, and it happened immediately. We, we had to go to the restroom, got in line for the bathroom along with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And the discourse happened immediately because people were uh, excited to express their opinions about LeBron and the Lakers and feeling very confident. Yeah. That. I made my, like, I made a post about it in my caption for social media was something like never have I been more outnumbered in, in debates uh, defending LeBron's legacy than I was leaving game five after the Lakers lost by 30. That wasn't a joke like that in line at the bathroom. I mean, what was it? It was like one on four, one on five. People just taking shots at me. Yeah, you were you were just <laughs> going solo. Every Everybody wanted to talk about, and you you had this basically the same comeback every time, which was like, see you on Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. looking forward to the future. Um, but yeah, people, and, and it wasn't like logical arguments, right? Like yeah. people weren't having a very intelligent discourse with you, but they you, you, you did a good job. I tried to back you up a little bit, but uh, I could only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one guy was just like, I don't know. I said something like, yeah, well, how many how many championships does your organization have? And then he said, well, LeBron's flopped his way to four rings. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, and again, I was like, he was like in a Barkley jersey. And I was like, are, you, are we still living in 1992? We're in 93. You know, was we hanging on to that Barkley run still? And then I, I used the same kind of angle later with the Nash, Nash jersey guy. I was like, bro, like, where's your confidence in this year's team? Like, is that 2008? You still got that 2008 jersey on? And he was like, I got this yesterday. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was all kind of silly. I enjoy that stuff thoroughly. I mean, it, but it was just interesting. Everywhere we walked, um, you would take a comment. And because of the chants the arena was saying, that's what was kind of thrown at us a lot. And so one of those was Sons and Six. Like they would look look us in the eye and be like, "Sons in six, sons in six. And then, of course, the other one, which I think also generated into a chant, which is why it was said at us was, you know, LeBron is a LeBron's a fish. LeBron's a LeBron's a fish. What are you doing here? You need to go home. You know, you need to you need to get out of here. And maybe they were saying LeBron's a fish the entire time. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah. Maybe that's all it was. Uh, several people weren't happy with me that I took the free shirt like if you know the nba playoffs these home arenas put shirts like uh, the same shirt on every seat because they want they want the fans to wear it and it look cool on tv one that didn't really happen at this phoenix game like the fans didn't put those on for the most part like i remember looking out like that is not a sea of orange you know it was really mixed and i don't know it didn't happen but i took the shirt somebody took your shirt under your seat right but they did not i don't know because some fans didn't get one i guess yeah, it was only like one to every two seats. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. But they did not like seeing a Lakers fan leaving with it. No, you got you got uh, offered to take it a couple times. Yeah. Did someone offer you money for it? <laughs> like, I'll buy that off you. And yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it wasn't a good shirt. I mean, it was just a cheap orange. But it said playoffs 2021, mm-hmm. so good memorabilia. That's right. That's right. So, had that. They didn't love it. And uh, we get outside the arena and more of those chants. Uh, beat LA, beat LA. There was this one guy like rapping, right? Like in a circle. Pretty, that was interesting. What'd you make of that? 
<laughs> yeah. So walking out right in front of it, which is no longer talking stick resort arena. Mm-hmm. It's just the sun's arena, but right out in front of it, there's just a mob of people. There's, was there like a sun's flag being flown yeah. around? Mm-hmm. People are like standing on things. Someone has a DJ booth and a microphone. There's a man who was pretty prominent on the, uh, the, the jumbotron, screen, the yeah. jumbotron. He's in the middle of this pack rapping on a microphone. I'm, I'm <laughs> assuming about the suns. Yeah. Just laying down a fat suns line. Yeah. So, uh, but there was other, I felt a little bit worried that we were walking into the middle of this mob, but then I saw like other Lakers fans. So there's usually some, some sense of safety if there's like other, cause if you're the only Lakers fan, like mm-hmm. you're getting, <laughs> and you definitely don't want to walk into a mob of them. Yeah. Just to be clear, we weren't like, hey, there's a mob, let's walk into that. It was like on our... On our way. Yeah, we had to go that way. Yeah, we had to. And so, just for... But you enjoyed it a little bit. You were a little... Yeah, I did. It was just, again, you've got to go to one of those environments. You've never been one. Like, the buzz, just the buzz in the air is insane. Yeah, and that's not happening after a regular season game. Yeah. Like, even if LeBron loses by 30, like, they're not going to be yelling at you like that after the game. That's right. That's right. Hey... It didn't go the way we wanted it to, but we're glad we did it. We'll do it again next year and cross the fingers for a different result. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, I'm convinced, like, fast-forwarding to game six, and AD gave it a go for four and a half minutes or whatever that was, I'm convinced that messed them up. Like, I think they would have been better off knowing the whole time he's not going. We know what took place last time. We know the adjustments we need to make. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with different guys. We're going to, like, play this small ball lineup with Morris at the five. And I think that would have been better. I think AD starting and then them realizing, oh, gosh, he's he's done. Like, he's not good at all. I think that really hurt the mojo. And, it again, the Suns shot lights out. Booker uh, increased his first quarter total by two. Instead of 16 in game five in the first, he had 18. Lights out, still so hot. Crowder wasn't missing. You know what I mean? Like, that was still part of it. But for the Lakers side of things, especially considering them – later in the game that they cut a 30 point lead to 10 it's like ah what if what if they didn't wait till they were down by 30 to start really playing ball and, and playing playing their brand and going hard so that was my takeaway from that um hated that but it was what it was and all things considered with how the lakers season broke and all of the the negatives that they had to try and and, and like wrestle through i think the better team won the series the more healthy team Won the, won the series, and I think that's why the Phoenix Suns advanced. Yeah, absolutely wasn't a fluke. Lakers couldn't play defense the way they were used to playing. I mean, they won last year's finals by playing phenomenal defense, uh, and they weren't playing good defense. Suns, tough tough team to play defense on, but without AD, makes it even harder. He's a great defensive player, kind of locking down the middle. Uh, and without him, the Suns were able to do whatever they wanted. So they weren't getting any rhythm on offense with no defense. So... I hope, you know, and and I was going to say, asking you, I mean, I I don't think they should scrap the whole season based on the last two games, right? Do you, what do you think, what, how is LeBron looking forward into next season? What does he think? Cause you know, he's the mastermind, right? Between behind all his teams. This team was structured in a way to bring the best out of LeBron James and Anthony Davis simultaneously. If, if one of those is gone, then it's a completely different roster. Okay. Look, when everything is right, they win the title. We saw that in the bubble. Mm -hmm. They bullied everybody, overpowered everybody, shot the ball really well. 
Um, but when, when one thing is really, it's like one of those, if one puzzle piece isn't there, the puzzle's not there. It's incomplete. It's not going to be the product that you want. Um, and that's why I think we saw a lot of struggle. Like this wasn't those Cleveland teams in 16, 17, 18, where you could put LeBron at the one kind of spread everyone out, let him create and kick the shooters. That team was built amazingly for LeBron. Right. This team was built for LeBron and Anthony Davis. And so it was tough when Anthony Davis wasn't there. Yeah. So we saw him creating the looks. We saw him trying to set up and brick and brick and brick and brick. So no, there's no panic. I don't, I don't think there's, hey, that didn't work. Let's, let's try and move some guys and bring, a, bring back a completely different product next year. That would surprise me. I don't think it's completely out of the realm of the possibility if Palinka and them try and pull something off for Kyle Lowry. Um, that to me would point more to seeing the Brooklyn Nets and their imminent success that wouldn't shock me at all because of the firepower they have and just the kind of bulldog Kyle Lowry is. But no, I mean, if you're healthy, this roster, this roster's a, a formula for winning. Yeah, I, I totally agree that. But I think a lot of people are like, man, what are they going to do? They, they got crushed. Yeah. Um, but AD wasn't healthy. LeBron wasn't healthy. When once that when they're healthy and they've they've got that team together, that's a solid team. Uh, they might need a new shooters. Kyle Lowry on that team would be a lot a lot of fun. Any team can use more shooters, so that's just kind of redundant. But Kyle Lowry would add a defensive spark. He's just he plays super hard, and uh, his game kind of translates to any team. Mm-hmm. I think. I think so, him and LeBron would vibe. Yeah, I think they'd get along really well. I think it'd be fun to have him on the team. And another thing we can't do yet, and I want to be really clear with this. I am not here for any of this LeBron is washed, LeBron is old, father time finally arrived. We don't know that yet. No, yeah. We don't know that at all yet. What we have seen is the result of uh, an injury that, to be honest, he probably would have taken more time off uh, if he could have, but he was forced He was forced to come back, okay? Now, am I saying they're wrong? Well, the answer to that is we just don't know yet. Let's see him have six months off. Let's see him promote this Space Jam too. You know, like let's see him have some time off, get to heal. There was no off season in between the bubble and this season. Like literally none. And so he's been playing a lot of basketball consecutively. And so it's just not fair to say that he's old and that he's out of his prime and that it's over. Simply, we don't know yet. That may be the case, but let's wait 18 months and see we just don't know give it another year and we'll be we'll have a better answer to that question now if he continues to get banged up hurt turns the ankle again the groin's bothering him i think you have an argument okay well yeah father time is here in some capacity because he used to never get hurt and he keeps getting hurt sure correct that makes sense to me but i'm not here for any of that yet does that does that make sense absolutely if if he was to just fall off it would be so surprising like if if the play that we saw from the last two games was to happen for the next entire season like there'd be such a huge drop off from his production on what he was doing before i think it's going to be a when he does start aging we do start seeing that it's got to be a slower progression and he's huge on taking care of his body everybody knows that and as a fellow lebron truther i'm the way i'm spinning it in my head is like lebron is going to have more time off for the next season than he's ever had Mm -hmm, ever Uh, and then i don't know is he going to play in the olympics no that's official yeah yeah he's not so he's gonna have plenty of a lot of people aren't yeah yeah no people aren't as focused on it which i mean the olympics are fun to watch but it's okay that you know i'm not huge on it but 
he's going to get so much time off him and AD. They're going to get a lot of time to work on their bodies and get right. I think he's going to come in to next season looking really good. I think so too. And you know, the injury bug hits everybody. Hopefully it stays away and he has a full season next year. Uh, and, and they, they go far. I, I think that's, that's a realistic outcome for next year. Another way to answer your question, like, Hey, do you have to scrap this, this plan for the Lakers? Well, well, no, they were 21 and six before LeBron turned his ankle. And then AD went out shortly after 21 and six. They were first in the, in the West. Okay. Like it was working again. It's not time to panic on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. That's how I see. That's how I see this Lakers situation. And, uh, again, I'm glad we went, (laughs) Uh, we gotta, we gotta keep doing that. Put it in the, put it in the annual calendar, you know? Um, it's going to be weird watching the remainder of this postseason without LeBron knowing that they had an opportunity. But I, I look forward to watching the the rest of these playoffs and uh, Phoenix and Denver play a little bit later this evening, game one. Really looking forward to that series. Yeah, this is so much. The playoffs are so much fun this year. Even though LeBron's out, storylines galore and lots of fun players to watch. So I'm excited. At this moment, who is your finals matchup and who is going to win the finals? So, I, if Harden comes back, I think the Nets are, are going to the finals. Um, although the 76ers, I think, are going to give them a lot of trouble with their length and the way they play defense. Um, so, I say Nets in the finals. Probably, man, I mean, the, the West is just so up in the air. It's really hard to tell. Um, I think the Suns have a very good shot because of what I said about their identity. They don't have the injury bug like some of the other teams. Uh, and I think they're they're fierce enough to get it done. So that would be a weird final, Suns-Nets. Um, but unfortunately, the way it kind of came out this year, the real final, the real like best teams are playing in the East. And kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and at least what's happening at the end. So uh, maybe Suns-Nets or Suns-Sixers. Okay, I think I see it similarly, Suns-Nets. I'm kind of just past the point, and I don't like the Nets. I don't like them at all. Yeah. I don't like what took place out there. I don't like how Harden forced his way out. I don't like how KD continues to do the super stacked thing, whatever. You can point whatever at me, but I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Um, but I'm kind of past the point trying to figure it out and look around and see how it happens, and I'm kind of back to the simple math of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving probably don't lose to anybody else, and and they might. Um and if it was going to be anybody, I would say it'd be Milwaukee. That's a really well-built team. They happen to shoot horribly in game one, 6-30 from three. That won't happen again. I still think that's a longer series. But yeah, like if I had to choose, probably say the Nets. Are you worried about uh, Philly getting past Atlanta at all? So yeah, I know you said, that, was, that was a close game. That yeah. was tough. Um, no, I don't think so. I think they figured it out. Okay. Um, I think we even saw at the end where they made their push. Like they're a more physical team. They're more seasoned, like... Atlanta just seems like a really young AAU team that can get hot. Hmm. And Trey Young's incredible. He's actually really fun. But they just seem the Hawks seem a lot younger, which they are. Uh, and I think I think the Sixers will overpower them if they can if they can play physical like they did the last like whatever two minutes of that game. I think they can figure something out. I think the last thing I want to say here is this Phoenix Denver series. For me and my money, this might be like if if they really do the back and forth big Booker games and big Jokic games, this might be the best series of the playoffs. This might be like the best movie to watch. 
I'm so, I can't wait. Yeah, I hope Jokic continues to have a great like. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing, he's, dude. He's doing a great job of, co- of running that team without Murray. Since he's been out, they look really good still. Like that drop off really hasn't happened. So I hope that continues. And yeah, I mean, Jokic is so much fun to watch. And I think the matchups between the Compazzo and Chris Paul. Compazzo is going to make Chris Paul so mad. What if uh, Michael Porter Jr. has another game where he makes his first five threes? You know, okay, that guy has a little microwave in him, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun little subplots. You're right. That could take place. Yeah, that's why, I mean, the Nuggets could beat the Suns and go to the final. Like, that's what's crazy is that anything could happen in the West, I think, is really level. Yeah. You like the Clippers? I just don't like the Clippers. Nobody likes the Clippers. I I don't either, by the way. Because, (laughs) right, I mean, uh, Kawhi Leonard has shown that he is going off. Yeah. And he's playing incredible. Uh, But it was against the Mavs, and, and they should have beat the Mavs. They shouldn't even took the Mavs to seven. So, and it's just like whatever juju, bad juju is on the Clippers, I just don't think is off them. Like, I don't see them even going to the finals. I think they're just going to fall off. I like it. I'm only, this, is a, this is always like a pro bury the Clippers in the ground <laughs> podcast. It's what it's been for the last 18 months, and I'm happy it stays that way. Josiah, thanks for coming in and talking about our trip. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always welcome. That was a, that was a good time. Thank you all for listening. I'll be here again with another episode on the NBA Playoffs next week uh, if you enjoyed this episode share it share it with your friends be sure and follow on spotify subscribe on apple Podcasts. thank you all so much for listening i hope you have a great rest of your day god bless